live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. No, stop with the... Where was the question? <laughs> you gonna kill me over some pizza? Yes. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hours here. Adam Hill, Cofield, Angel, back in our Finley Toyota studios. It's Ari. Are we going to have Adam's attention here for the first five minutes of this hour? We're uh, right here at the William Hill Race End Sportsbook. They got the racing back at Silver Sevens. We're tracking baseball games. By the way, if I could make a career, I still want to work a little more and achieve a little more. <laughs> Uh, but if I could make a career of just sitting and watching baseball games all day and, you know, in-play wagering and actually make money, that would be cool. I won't do it. I don't like the shift. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm turned off by Tony Miller. Turned off by the game now. Turned off by the game. Uh, you were tracking Arizona and the Nats. It's 10-4, bottom two. So, first of all, your first reference to me was fantasy baseball. Of course. What's the problem? Well, Arizona has 10 runs through two innings. And I'm like, oh, good. I've got their cleanup hitter in fantasy. That's Drupal Cabrera sitting cleanup today. He's actually been really good early in the season. I was like, all right, what has he done? Uh, he's the only player in the lineup without a hit or an RBI or a run. Does seem inevitable if you're a fantasy baseball player and you see a big – I try not to look at the box scores. It's like a, you know, unopened gift. I seriously am disciplined. I don't look at the box score unless I'm on the air and I'm trying to update people on what's oh, going on. But I don't look. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, 11 runs. Yeah, I got so-and-so. And then you open it and you're like, oh, for four? Nothing? I'll go one worse. I'll be like, oh, look, 11 runs. I got so-and-so. Uh, he did nothing today. Wonderful. He struck out three times. Oh, but I did have the starting pitcher on the other team that got <laughs> blown up, up, so that's perfect. Uh, but, yeah, uh, on the positive side, I do have uh, Starlin Castro as a two-run homer for the Nats. That's nice. This game is in the second, as Adam said. It's 10-4. I know you were just looking to bet in-game I just did. Uh, on the Nats. You did take it? Well, I took plus four and a half. Plus four and a half even money. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Merrill Kelly, the starting pitcher for Arizona, got destroyed as well. One inning, five hits, four runs. And then Corbin was like, what, ten hits, nine runs? Yeah. Uh, uh, ten runs, nine earned. Yikes. And the game opened with Washington favorite at minus 180. So it's kind of shifted. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, minus, a little bit. minus $7 now on Arizona, up six. Only plus 475 coming back the other side. Uh, on the Nats, but I did, uh, like I said, I went plus four and a half even money. Got to get the app. Got to get the app. Yeah. And then you're in on the in-game wagering. Big Five time. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. You know, so we all collaborate on stories. So I see uh, one of the story lists today, and I see Ravens. I'm like, all right, what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens? Ravens are stealing. What? <laughs> what's, what are the Ravens stealing? Ravens are stealing quality meat from Costco shoppers in Alaska. Yeah, that's how they're roll. Wait, what's happening here? Like, like actual ravens, not, not the bird. Sure. Uh, as people are walking around, bringing their meat out in their carts, the wow. ravens are swooping in and stealing people's meat. Are they swoopers? Apparently. In Alaska, they are. Wow, look at that. That is a great view. The website, it's uh, I don't know, is this a website you look at all the time? Mentalfloss.com? No. The the picture of the, I didn't think ravens were like this vicious and big. Oh, yeah. They're a vicious bird. Have you read the poem? 
I mean, the the Raven mascot does look pretty pissed off. He's furious. But, I mean, if you read Edgar Edgar Allan Poe, the Raven is a vicious an animal. Wow, this is a great lead. Uh, when Olani Sanoa turned to buckle her baby into a car seat after a Costco trip last winter, a nearby thief took one look at her unattended cart full of groceries and knew it was their chance to strike. In one swift motion, they absconded some short ribs. <laughs> Sanoa didn't try to catch the criminal, but she did manage to get a good look at them. Beady-eyed, beaked, coated in black. That was a bird. Yeah, the Pretty good. Very Are good you jealous running. of the lead? Yeah. yeah. It's very dramatic. It's a very well, dramatic setup. That's, what? It's good material to work with. with the Ravens uh-huh. stealing the food. Sure. I like it. Uh, yeah, listen, this this would suck. Uh, I would move. There's no question. I would move. If, a, if Ravens are stealing food from the grocery store, I'm out. I don't need to be around this area. Well, they're stealing everything. Short rib. Another guy had his uh, filet stolen. I do like that the, the Ravens have such... Good taste. They are. They are. <laughs> they're very. They're, yeah. they're very picky. Well, they're also getting. I mean, uh, can we rip on Gen Z Ravens? Like you're not out hunting anymore. You're just waiting for people to buy the food from the store and taking it from them. A little spoiled. Yeah. Get out there and hunt. What are you doing, Raven? You Gen Z lazy bum. Number four. Today is National High Five Day. Why? I'm, I'm, Why? Going, I'm going back to bed. Why? Hand, well, handshakes are out. High five should be out. And we've also we've seen, I don't know what generation. Who do you blame this one on? What generation is having, problem, uh, having problems nailing the high fives? All? I'm seeing more and more people who can't execute a proper high five. The hand goes up. You got to be coordinated enough to, to nail at least a decent part of the hand. It's, it it doesn't have to be a hard smack, but you can't miss. I mean, you're risking breaking someone's finger, hitting them on just the palm with your fingers. Like, I see so many mismatched, blanked up high fives. I'm not even going to say you have to be coordinated enough to do it. You have to be smart enough to just not do it. Don't do it. And it's so hard when somebody holds the hand up, like, ah, high five. Like, no. You feel like a jerk doing it, but no, high fives are stupid. Don't do it. I've done it. I mean, I, I, I don't practice what I preach. Every once in a while, there'll be a situation where like, all oh, right, high f- ah, why did I just do that? No high fives. Is there any reason other than a sporting event in which you're participating? I guess you could be a fan to deliver a high five, like on a, like on a good joke. Here's a good dig. Ha <laughs> ha. High five. I think people do do it. I know. I, I know I've seen it, especially when there's like... Um, <laughs> How's it really? Uh, now you're making the call on it. No, I was just saying. The, uh, oh, no, your baseball better. I think Diamondbacks are another home run. Um, might be a replay, hopefully. No, I, I think it's – it's. I've seen it when people are drinking, like, at a bar, like, in a group setting. And if somebody has, like, a really good – like, a, a dig on somebody else or a joke, ah, oh, that's a good one. Up here. Like, no. No. Not up here. No high fives. That's stupid. I don't like it. Um, I did – you know, every uh, every reference I have in the world now is from uh, the Office Ladies podcast. Uh, if you, I know that you've you've watched the Office, they they did do a pretty a pretty deep dive into. Have you seen any instances on the Office of when Jim and Pam do the long distance air high five? I don't remember that. So one. Like they're sitting way across the room from each other and they'll air high five. And she was talking about the the difficulty logistically lining that up and doing it at perfect time. 
which I can see that. That's kind of tough. I never thought of that. Yeah, but but I also like. I guess the air air high five is more acceptable in a time of pandemic than the normal high five, but I just think we should, you know, start this. This is this is a time. And you know, I, when I went to the virtual CES last year, like they were talking about a lot of different areas where, like, a lot of really good technology is going to be born out of the pandemic. Just from first of all, everybody's spending time researching. Everybody's spending time you know, figuring out new ways to do things. A lot of technologies are going to be born. And I think a lot of things that we learned during the pandemic are going to be put into place. High fives, maybe one of those things like, Hey, we learned from the pandemic. Not a good thing. Not a cool thing. Let's just move on from it. Let's let's, as we restart life and we're reborn on June 1st here, no more high fives. Number three. That was very dramatic. Very feeling. I, I felt something there. That was good. It's convincing. I'm passionate about some some things. Some things. They're generally pretty ridiculous. Yes. The more ridiculous, the more likely I am to be passionate about it. And Golden Knights get the job done against the Kings. Flurry. Flurry. Another big night, record-setting night, at least uh, you're moving up the list. What do you achieve? Uh, Past Ed Belfour for fourth on the all-time wins list. Damn. Pretty impressive. Yeah. This is a guy who's lost his job here and there and had a split time, and he's still freaking rolling up the wins list. You want me to say something that I'm not 100% sure on, but I think I saw somewhere? Sure, do it. I think the top four on the all-time wins list for goalies are all from Quebec. No way! I think so. I didn't say that the right way. That sounded like I was into it. No, there's no way that's the case. I think it is. I'm not sure. Somebody tweeted it, so I'm saying it. I think it's accurate, though. It seems like something that would be right. All right. So I'm going to say that it's right. Uh, I'm not sure if you got to see the uh, the third goal that the Knights scored last night, which was one of the more ridiculous goals you're ever going to see Why? in your life. It was a, uh, a dump-in backhander uh, by Pacioretty just to get a line change going. And the puck, the backhander from outside the zone was in the air. And it landed on one side of Jonathan Quick from the Kings. And it just took, it like, did a ricochet bounce the opposite direction when it landed and went into the goal. <laughs> a shot that had no, it was not a shot on goal. It was just a dump in that just happened to take a ridiculous bounce. And you just feel so bad for a goalie when that happens. Um, even Pat Reddy said he felt terrible for him. Uh, but then they, they were just like, all right, Quick, get out of the game. That's enough. What? No, I was going to start going back and forth with you on your your uh, all time goalie wins. Guys are all from Quebec, and I immediately went to Quebec City. Okay, so I started reading the list. I'm like, no, Montreal, <laughs> Roberto Luongo, Montreal, idiot. That's the Quebec. province. It's, it's Quebec, the province. Yes, yeah. So Roberto Luongo, Patrick Wah, actually from Quebec City. Okay, well, born there. That's not what, what, what do we have to go back to your whole MMA thing yeah, with? From? From versus born. Where are you from? I, I believe you could say. Where from. would you if you were if you were a an accomplished goalie? You're you're now fourth on the wins list. Where are you at? Are you are you from where you were born? This actually this does have birthplace, right? But where are you from? I believe you, it, you've been everywhere. Yeah, but but I I do believe it's a like it, it's an objective thing. Like when you're writing about it or when you're talking about it, like it's either where you were born. Or like where 
where you came from to that region. So, like, if you're if you're traveling, like if you're in, if you go to Paris, and somebody says where are you from, the proper answer would be Las Vegas. Like that's where I'm from. That's where I live. That's where I came from to go there. Like that's from. Uh, if if somebody says no, but like where are you from? Which by the way is a very problematic thing. Which that was a whole another part of this uh, that that went on. <laughs> it's a the where are you from to to people that are you know third or fourth generation like no 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 but where are you from like obnoxious and problematic uh but i I believe it would be where you were born or where you spent the most amount of time or where you live now would be the definition of what from would be uh having you know visited somewhere occasionally you're not from there all right that cleared it up yeah so where are you from i am from detroit you were born in Detroit. Yeah. You were? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought you were from Ann Arbor. No. But we moved there when I was like seven months old. All right. Where are you from? Philly? From Pennsylvania. I'll call it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what does that mean? You can't just call it Pennsylvania. What All right. city? Fine. Northeastern PA. Have you ever heard of a town called he was Scranton? Not. I guarantee he did not listen to the last five minutes. I did. Actually, I was going to say uh, my one of my favorite rappers says, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. And I've been in Vegas close to 20 years, and I'm here. This is my home. He didn't listen. I did. I'm from, yes, I'm from Northeastern PA. There you go. Scranton represent. You know what I'm saying, right? I think we, we just determined the city. Yeah. The city you were born. And then Ari's like, Northeast Pennsylvania. (laughs) Pennsylvania. Can I explain something? Before The Office came out, it was like, now I have to explain what Scranton is and how. So Scranton. So you were born in Scranton. Yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted. A couple minutes out. We have to have like nine answers that are like around. It's like this circuitous journey just to get to a stupid answer. I like to complicate things. I I, I don't know. (laughs) Yes, you do. Top two stories. Number two. I'm from Long Branch. Is that where you were uh, birthed? Yes. Yes, I was birthed. From lo- from the LB and work at the LB. Oh, yeah. 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 Never lived in Long Branch, though. So, what? wait, was the hospital there, the or that's hosp- where your family was? The hospital was in Long Branch. See, I, I... Now we have to go over this again? I would make the argument... Where's the hospital? I would make the argument that it's where your family lives, which then changes mine, too, because I was born in Detroit, lived in Royal Oak. Uh, so, oh, you, so, oh, I didn't... So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. All this street cred you claim you, you Royal Oak. Oh, How wealthy Detroit, were bro? you? Not, not it was it's a different Royal Oak has been gentrified? Oh yeah. Has it really? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems ritzy to me now. Oh it is. It's a uh, Royal Oak I it very much reminds me of downtown Las Vegas. Hmm. For sure. Uh, oddly enough, Long Branch has actually gone the opposite direction. <laughs> well, there's the, no the, these things happen. It's not a historical site like, you know, <laughs> Royal Oak area is like, oh, birthplace of Adam Hill. We got to get cool now. I feel like number two should have been hidden. Like uh, hidden should have been hit like fifteen times. Yeah, we're just going on and on and on. Number two. But Ari, you do have permission to keep going at number three because it looked like you wanted to. Oh, I just wanted to say Brady has chimed in to say that I am from the Milky Way galaxy and America within that galaxy. He's doing an impression of you. Uh, I know from America. Yes, I I get it. (laughs) Number two. No Mohurst. That's it? 
No Mo Hurst. That's actually a good headline. I'm going to maybe use that. No Arden King. Are you surprised? Well, you're surprised by Hurst, right? Much more surprised by Hurst. Raiders cuts today. What is going on? Yeah, much more surprised by Hurst uh, than I am Key. Although, you know, once you get to this point in the se- in the offseason, you're like, well, this looks like these guys have kind of made it through the the rebuild. But yeah, Arden Key just never really materialized in the in the for- in the way that they hoped. Uh, again, he showed. Oftentimes, he would just show the sign of like, "Wow, he's really he's really beating up the tackle today. He's he's getting close to the backfield," and then it just wouldn't happen again for three four games. Uh, just never was able to generate consistent pressure or uh, finish on some of the sacks, even though he showed signs at times uh, that he would. And I'd also want to stop and say, possible these guys are back. Happens all the time in the NFL. Make moves, bring them back, less money. Um, and I, I would imagine they'd want Mo Hurst uh, at a more team-friendly deal if they could get will, him. Will they have the opportunity? I, I doubt. I think Hurst signs pretty quickly. Um, if he's, you know, if if – you know, if if they don't have something worked out already, if they don't have some, you know, deal behind the scenes of like, hey, we're going to let you go and then bring you back, uh, but I haven't heard that to be the case. So, um, yeah, a little bit surprising in Mo Hurst because he was, uh, I thought, a pretty consistent performer last year. I thought that they, uh, for a guy that was a first round talent that they got in the fifth round because of medical conditions, medical concerns, uh, I thought that he played pretty well and was getting better every year. So a little bit surprising that he's gone, but Arden Key uh, has been a uh, a very frustrating player for them for a while. Number one. How many more mock drafts do you have coming out with the draft next two weeks from now? Uh, one came out today. Uh, one will come out next Thursday, and then one, one will come out the day of the actual draft in two weeks. So, two Are there, when you look at your draft, as a, do you ever look at your draft as a whole, or is, or is it like a well, whatever? Do you ever look at your draft as a whole, like the the, the entire group, and then you're like, oh, you know, crap, I've got 24 offensive players. No, I really didn't. And actually, uh, you never was, count them up. I was going to do it tonight just because I've seen the the draft props uh, for you know offensive and defensive players. I think it's like eighteen and a half and thirteen and a half. It is, um, and I, I want to bet under on the offensive players because it seems like too many to me. Okay, I'm trying. To, I'm going to count mine while you're talking right no, now. You don't have to count right now. Counts are on the break. But what I'm what I'm getting at is there are so many offensive players because they're, they're those are the glamour players. Those are the ones that connect with fans and readers, and I feel like every year. We get many more defensive players, so I want to bet against all this excitement about the offensive players. Am I flawed in that thinking? No, I don't think so. Or is every year different? Like this might just be a year where there are there, people are gaga for offense. The game is changing, and there just happens to be a ton of talented offensive players. I just feel like over the years, as I watch the draft consistently, offensive players will slip, and it's just you know. And then you'll even get like fan reaction, like uh, defensive lineman. Yeah, that's how that's how good teams win, because they're good on the defensive line. They're good on the offensive line. They're good at cornerback. Like those guys are worth high picks, the receiver or the running back. And I like some of the receivers in this draft, but when people start talking about you know six or seven receivers going in the first round, maybe this is a weird year. But I I just think consistently in the NFL, that's not how good teams build themselves. Or six quarterbacks. You know, it's funny. I actually did just bet over five and a half quarterbacks. Really? Because the value, it's plus three thirty. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? Maybe the maybe the five go where they're supposed to go, and then someone gets all froggy and loves someone. Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, someone takes a quarterback in the twenty. I think I only have four in the first round. It's a good point. They're going to have to have two of those guys I just yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Um, so I just counted up. This is actually funny because I haven't done it before. I didn't look. Oh, 
You want to take a guess? Uh, I mean, I think so you're the per- totals were 18 think- and a half for offense, 13 and a half for defense. I'll, I'll say like 16, 16, so 18 and 14. Right on the number. Yeah. So oh, just wow. under for offense, just over for defense. So do you believe in that? I firmly believe in my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you ask I me that? S- I stand by what I wrote. Uh. I mean, I, I mean, I'm right there. So, what I would say in this case is, I probably wouldn't make those bets. Um, if this is where my mock draft ends up in two weeks, then I probably wouldn't make a bet if it's only if it's only a half. Like, there, there's too much fluctuation that can happen there. I think there's other value uh, to be had in terms of draft props. So, I'd probably stay away from the offensive defense if if that's right on my number. So uh, earlier we talked about the big change in draft betting, and that was Justin Fields. There's been a lot of wagering on who's going to be the number three pick. And for the longest time, Mac Jones was the favorite. And a lot of us sitting here on this show and in Sports Talk Radio and people trying to analyze the draft are like, Mac Jones? Why would the Niners do that? Justin, Take Justin Fields. There's upside versus there's not really glowing terms being spoken about Mac Jones. So Mac Jones was like minus 275 at the beginning of the week, the big favorite to go number three. Now Justin Fields is the favorite. So we'll, we'll get to that, explain why that might be happening. Justin Fields is minus 130 here at William Hill. And – that's in the face of you got to hear the the bite on the way back. There's so much disinformation fed out there, and I think uh, some NFL people are like they just they latch on to something and they don't think through what they're saying. Something was said the other day. You're like, you're ripping on Justin Fields for what? It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers five seven zero nine thousand. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Yeah, phones are open the rest of the hour. 364-1100. Adam wants to ban high fives. He doesn't like the contact. I want to ban high fives. It's National High Five Day. I don't think people can execute properly. In my day, people could nail a high five. But now because of a, I don't know what the hell's going on. Kids these days, attention deficit disorder. Uh, older people, they just, they're not coordinated or not athletic. you got to be athletic to sure. nail the high five. Three, sure. six, four, eleven hundred on that. Uh, we're talking a lot of betting around the NFL draft because the numbers are popping up all over town, including here at Silver Sevens, William Hill. We were just talking about the bet that has uh, over-under offensive players taken in the first round. I believe that we get all hyped up over offensive players because that's who people gravitate to, and that's who all the news for many of the sports talk shows, what we do on TV, they talk about those players so much. So then, you know, fans start thinking, oh, the offense players, right? Uh, you're a moron. Your count is 18 offensive, 14 defensive. I just looked at a CBS Sports breakdown. They've got an offense 15-17. Ooh. Which plays to my bet under on the offense. Well, so did mine. 18 and a half. But, but you have to understand – this is a TV show. It's a machine that goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and now it's really going to get ramped up. I want you to listen, and I think sometimes like folks just run out of things to say, or they fall victim to all of the different chatter and smoke screens and, you know, Justin Fields just ain't that good. So Mort is on the other day, Chris Mortensen, and he starts talking about Justin Fields and his throwing motion. 
de delivery. Why? People don't realize mm -hmm. Justin Fields was a big-time high school baseball player. He was invited to the Perfect Game Showcase as a, at Harrison High School in Metro Atlanta, where the top baseball players are, are, are showcased for Major League Scouts. He also was getting ready to play baseball at Ohio State last year. So he was actually going between two sports, getting ready, and then the pandemic. Are they, are, are they not? Those type of things might have messed with his mechanics just a little bit. No. Go to break off that. No. 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 And I saw the PFF guys grab this, and they were like, what? <laughs> and then people immediately started just tweeting out all of the quarterbacks who played baseball. Like, boy, it is. Man, it's jacked up Kyler Murray, hasn't it? Ruined him. Boy, Pat Mahomes sucks. I, I would like to know a list of quarterbacks who didn't play baseball. <laughs> it's probably a very short list. I don't know what's going on. That was a weird one. Well, here and here, here's here's part of it. I believe, uh, and you know, you did it a minute ago—not a minute ago, like two hours ago. We we're like, next week's the draft. Like, yeah, we've been talking about it nonstop for three months, but it's still not next week. I thought it was next week. It's still two weeks away. Huh? And some people, like you know him, like that's all they could, that's all they get to talk about for two months at a time. And you just you're just looking for things at, at some point. So not to excuse him, because I think, first of all, no comment on him. But, like, I think there is an element of, like, if you're going to make me come on and, and every single show on ESPN all day, every day, and talk about the draft, I'm just going to have to start making things up. Like, I'm just going to have to start throwing things out Or re referencing stuff that I've heard that might not be That's what I mean. super it's well-sourced. And I don't like it. The, it's not, not fake news. You hear stuff, and then you're like, oh, that makes sense. And then you don't think it through. You're like, it doesn't make sense. Right. And that's what I mean by, by like, you, you know, you can't have – you can't just over and over say, like, well, I don't think Justin Fields is the number three pick. Well, why? Well, because I think that the 49ers have, you know, I think they have their eye on Mac Jones. I think they like what he does. I think he fits their system. Uh, and I don't think Justin Fields really fits in the same way. Okay, so why is he the third pick? Like, Okay, I, I'm going to have to answer this question 150 times. And, and as you said – like, you talk to people, you hear different things, you're told different things. At some point, that starts to seep into what you're saying. I don't, I'm not, I really am not trying to make excuses for him because I don't really like him, but there is a, kind of a reason I think these things happen. Coming up, we'll get you an update on the uh, Raiders players releasing a statement that they're not going to participate in voluntary workouts. There's been a little pushback on that. And some fans are mad. Some fans are really mad. And some fans are even mad at the media guys who are reporting the story. Have something to say? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100 now. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Weird soundbite we played there from Mort. Right, We love the NFL draft, but people are running out of material, so he was trying to get on... Justin Fields, or at least I heard from people. Uh, you know, throwing motion might be jacked up because he's a baseball guy. We understand a lot of quarterbacks are baseball guys. Tyler Murray, Pat Mahomes. Uh, Brady, producer Brady from the podcast, uh, he chimed in with a joke. I bet Jameis played baseball. Best dude on the team at throwing. Never missed a cutoff because he always hits the man in between his intended target. So you kind of get that? I, I like where he's going. It's, it's, a, it's a stretch. It's a bit much. Like, there's a lot to process there for a yeah. tweet. 
A good effort, though. In fact, he was a really good baseball player at Florida State and had a uh, 1.08 ERA and like 27 Ks in 30 innings and eight saves his last year he played baseball. Pitchers don't often aren't <laughs> often asked to hit the cutoff man. <laughs> so I think that's that's an issue. I don't know about his cutoff abilities because he actually his uh, his second to last year playing baseball he actually did play 32 games in the field. Well, there you go. That's something. But most I think most quarterbacks play baseball. And, but if, and it's also, just, if it Fields doesn't feel, it's a bad thing. He also hasn't played in years. Dude, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. But he thought about playing during the shutdown, apparently, according to Mort. And that could be hurting his throwing motion. Maybe. Maybe he went back and started playing baseball to get ready to potentially play. Raiders players have voted not to participate in voluntary workouts. Where's the Arthur fist? Uh, fans get mad, right? Because there were some fans the other day who were like, the Raiders players are too passionate to do what the Buccaneers, the Broncos, and the Seahawks did. It's a union deal, all right? right. They're sticking with their union. Uh, Vinny B., our host over on Raider Nation Radio 920, said the Raiders' vote was not unanimous, but a majority. Consensus was uh, reached to move forward together. Accommodations will be made for teammates, um, I guess for the players, or from teammates, for the players who have salary tied into workout bonuses. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they'll do there. They'll probably try to work through that and figure that out. I think it was seven players, seven or eight players on the Raiders have bonuses uh, tied into workouts. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe they start a fund or something. I don't know, I don't know how they would uh, how they'd approach that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that was one of the bigger concerns of what do you do with guys that get paid to be there uh, that have bonuses for working out, and if you're not letting them go, uh, what do you do for that? And they'll work through all that and figure it out. But, yeah, this is this is not – this is not a we don't want to practice thing. This is a union decision that they are standing by and supporting their union. I, I thought you put it well earlier. Well, one, I think the, the biggest concern is, like, COVID's not done yet. You can still do stuff virtually and right. get things accomplished. But you put it well early earlier. I, I know these things are negotiated, but they have agreed to do a 17th game. Right. Like, the voluntary workouts, we got to come in for another week or two? Yeah. We're, we're giving in, you- in friggin' April? The players are saying, we're giving you an extra game. You're going to make money off of that. The players will make most money in the long run, too. But uh, you're going to make more money off that. We're going to be putting our bodies through an additional week during the season of wear and tear. We're not going to do this off-season stuff. We'll we'll be in shape. We'll be ready. We'll do it virtually. We'll hold each other accountable, as they did last year. But we're not going to be coming in. We're not going to be traveling in and being on the field and going through what you want us to go through. Like We'll be ready on our own. Ty Lue. Someone on Twitter responded to uh, Vinny mentioning the Raiders vote was not unanimous and all the other details and said, uh, woke Vinny, always pushing the narrative. I don't even know what that means in this case. We're politicizing. We just just pointed out what happened. Well, I mean, I guess we did talk about a a union deal. Right, but all he said was they're not going to be there. Uh, this this tweeter also said, with multiple vaccines ready, there are literally no bigger pictures at this point. Right, let, let's Half our for, team will be slurs. injured again. This will also be the excuse completely soft. Okay. First of all, the COVID stuff, as we pointed out earlier, even if you read the statement, they're kind of telling you the COVID stuff is not real, not really what their, what their problem is. Um, but it's not over. And, like, that's the danger. Again, do we realize – that the Vancouver Canucks have not played this month, and their game for tomorrow already when they their return to play tomorrow already off Saturday's return already off. 
They're not coming back. They haven't played almost a month. People are dying every day. There's close to a thousand deaths every day still. It's not over. We're we're close. But this is this is like, you know, stumbling at the finish line, falling down with like five meters to go, and you're like, oh close enough. Like, finish. Finish the race. We're almost there. We're so close. I mean that's that's kind of the frustrating part that we're trying to deal with now with people being close and wanting to be over with and everybody wants it to be over with. But we're just not quite there yet. Woke. Woke. You guys in your wokeness. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. It's so ridiculous. But again, this is not this is not a COVID thing. It it was mentioned in the statement, but if you read the statement, again, we read it. It's pointing out that the numbers are high. There's no real reason to be traveling and, and putting anybody else at danger necessarily. But the real issue being, and they didn't explicitly talk about the 17-game schedule, but I think that's a big part of it. But the real issue being last year, these were all done virtually. Not like, not like players came in general out of shape. Most players seem to be in pretty good shape, holding each other accountable as they do every week and check in with each other, make sure they're – they're, they're getting out and, and working out and getting to where they need to be and being in shape and being ready to go once training camp starts. But they did it themselves last year, and they can do it again. We were talking about your mock draft a couple minutes ago. It's flawed. You've got too many offensive players going. Uh-oh. Raiders first, Raiders first round pick position. What have you had it most often? Who is it? It's, I believe it's been offensive tackle every time. Oh no! For the first one way back was uh, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle. Give me, give me a wild card position. Don't they need a starter in this draft? Yeah, tackle, multiple positions, tackle, and per- perhaps safety. But I, I don't. Ooh, I, I think. I mean, I think tackle is by far the way to go, unless like there's you know the top five are gone. After that, I think there's a pretty big drop off. So I think you would maybe make a make an adjustment there, but it's a really deep draft for starting tackles. 17th pick, offensive lineman, Raiders at plus 175. So Raiders first pick, offensive lineman plus 175, linebacker plus 220, defensive lineman. I mean, they're cutting defensive lineman, but anyway, 4-1. to one. They could use an edge, edge rusher. Cornerback, 5-1, to one. wide receiver, 12, safety, 14. Well, and, and I mean, we I hate to sound like a broken record. We talk about this all the time. Read the rules where you're betting. So I'd be willing to bet based on those odds that you just read me right now, edge rushers will be linebackers. I mean, I, just, just based on what you're telling me. And so, you know, you might think like, oh, they're taking, maybe they take like a, you know, Basham or, or somebody like that or, um, you know, Jason Oway, who I think might be gone, but he should be right in that area. You know, maybe they go in that direction. That might count as a linebacker, depending on where you bet. So make sure you read those things uh, before you get invested there. And the, the linemen, I mean, could they go Christian Barmore? Sure, with, especially with Hurst gone and Key gone. Like if Christian Barmore is there, that would make some sense. That changes some things. Hey, in the grab bag, we had to tell you about another UNLV basketball player going into the portal. My God, it's 10 now, and also a uh, – Really interesting card dealer in Waco, Texas. May want to turn off the mic. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 9 o'clock.
It's the Law and Sporter Podcast with Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So we started off the show talking about the WNBA and the draft. The draft, uh, well, we started talking to Bill Lambeer. Let me explain how we started. So Lambeer was on, on with us, and he was, he was brutally honest about the draft and the depth of the draft and where the league is right now, saying that uh, he thought several first-round picks in the draft may not even make their team. I was like, gosh. And then he said of his 12th and 14th pick at the time, he's like, yeah, we'll be getting the leftovers. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, I think the point that he was making is the league is so good that it's hard for some of the college kids to break in. So wouldn't that mean that the time is ripe for expansion? Yeah, probably. Right? Uh, sure. Uh, although that does you know kind of spread the money out a little bit more, and there's not that much money to go around, especially from the TV deal. Touche. Uh, so that would be the, the argument, I would imagine. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's enough players to do it for sure. Uh, the issue that Bill Lambeer and the Aces have is that they are too good. Uh, their roster is ridiculous. Last year, think about the fact that you know starting point guard Kelsey Plum was out for the year with an Achilles. Uh, Liz Cambage opted out, one of the best players in the league. Uh, they had uh, Dierka Hamby, I think, was out for the finals. They still made it to the finals with all the all those players missing. Now they're all back with all those players having one more year of experience. They are just loaded. Uh, then they had two picks today, twelve and fourteen. That another one's not picked yet, but uh, with the twelfth and the fourteenth pick. Uh, they went with Ileana Rupert uh, from France, so it might be Rupert. I'm not sure. Don't know her. Uh, Destiny Slocum was the pick in the beginning of the second round at 14th overall. She is an Arkansas player uh, that they brought in. I believe I saw in the ESPN mock, she was mocked to them at that spot too. So uh, not a big surprise for the, for the Aces. What they were doing, uh, according to uh, some interviews before, uh, is that they were just looking for somebody that had – a skill set, either somebody that's a really good shot blocker or a really good three-point shooter, somebody that just has something that you can bring off the bench and uh, and provide some unique characteristic, not necessarily the best all-around player. That ESPN mock, I looked at that before talking to Lambeer. The, the player they had slotted to go number three went 22nd. Wow. A little off. The draft today described as uh, wild. Wild, a wild run at the draft. I'm looking, looking up right now. It looks like a wild studio set. What are the odds that Mac Jones slotted to go three in a lot of mock drafts could go 22nd? It's possible. I have him 15th. My oh, I thought I thought I thought you had him going further than that. I, I thought you told me earlier that uh, you were in some mock drafts and Mac Jones kept uh, popping well, up as being available at 17 to the Raiders. I'm doing one. Not tomorrow. saying he's going to the Raiders. No, no, no. I'm doing one tomorrow uh, where. You know, they, they have basically one beat writer per day is picking this draft, so they have somebody on from every team. And tomorrow I'm representing the Raiders on this station in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania, Ari, where you're from. Um, they sent me the list of who the first 16 people have picked, and Mac Jones still available. Still available at 17 for the Raiders if they want him. I will not be taking him. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Were you surprised that Moses Wood, UNLV player, is now in the portal? That's 10 players in. A little bit only because of how long it's been. I mean, it's not that long, but you saw right. nine players already go in. Right. And, you know, he knew who the coaching staff was. He's kind of stuck around. So 
a little bit surprising unless somebody told him like hey you know we've talked about this all the time a lot of a lot of transfers are just the coaching staff saying hey move on um i don't know if that's the case i thought that they wanted him around i thought he was a a pretty good role player uh that you know could defend can hit the three pretty useful for any kind of system uh so i thought he might stick around after being around for this long but uh you know yet yet another player i think that's the 10th for unlv to go in caleb grill is out he's at iowa state david jenkins jr out of the portal he's at utah devin tillis out he's at uc irvine uh jalen martinez landed at uc riverside that's a developing program as well. And the good, way, the way this is rolling with the news, there, there could be three more guys from UNLV who pick where they're going in the next three minutes. So it's been and, pretty crazy. And players come in, players go out. Who, who even knows? Uh, I'm, I'm half expecting uh, one of the one of the players that UNLV already signed or already you know had committed from the portal to enter the portal again. <laughs> That's... Why not? It's been pretty crazy. Yeah, it has. It's nuts. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Aldridge is done already. Yeah, Marcus Aldridge retired. Health yeah. issues. Yeah, came into uh, to Brooklyn. Everybody accused him of being a ring chaser uh, after you know taking a buyout and being available. And uh, he had a, a a scare with a heart arrhythmia, and just said, "You know what? Not worth it." So he is uh, he has announced his retirement, and you know, pr- good for him if that's what he thinks he needs to make for for his health and, and well-being and he thinks it's probably for the best to not play he's made enough money and he's made enough of an impact in basketball that he has that right stick your hand in there dave aldridge played you know much of his career in texas true a lot of time in texas went to school in texas yeah is he from texas i believe so i'm not sure on that Waco went full Waco today. You can't blame Waco, you know, and a reputation on one person, but sure you can. Maybe not the best moment we've seen on TV. Uh, Waco TV interview. Actually, you know who sent this over was was Q Myers, who works in Waco, yeah. and he was just like face bomb. Uh, GM of Waco car dealership said of the Jeep he was offering the Baylor basketball program, "quote Scott Drew can enjoy it. He'll use it to recruit and pull some people out of the hood." <laughs> and I don't think he meant the car hood. No, he was. He clearly feels this way about the basketball program, and uh, if you watch the video, I watched it a bunch of times yesterday. If you watch it, he clearly knows exactly what he said. He's like, "Oh," but he's like, "Maybe nobody will notice that." Not good. Not good. Thanks to Silver Sevens for hosting us out here. William Hill as well. See you, Ari.